talk a little bit about rugby because there is a rugby um, matches that are going to be taking place. There is the British and Irish Lions series coming to South Africa. And who do we have to talk to today? Well, it is none other than Okanyu Sotwaku, who is the Sports 24 senior reporter joining us on the line. Mr. Twaku, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Um, good afternoon, Dale, and good afternoon, listeners. Yes, I mean, uh, talking about, uh, you know, the Springbok, let's look back at the Springbok squad selection to face the British and Irish Lions, and even Georgia, because this will be the first time South Africa will be playing since they won the World Cup, and Coach Jacques Ninaba there, he'll also be in charge for the very first time as he took over from Hanika Meyer. Let's firstly look at the squad that has been selected. Are you satisfied with the selection? Look, I mean, the, the the thing with squad selections is that you can never make people happy. You pick what is available, you pick who's on form. Um, the long and the short of it is that he, they were able to explain why they picked certain players, they were able to explain why they didn't pick certain players. So, look, it, the, 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 the essence of squad selections is that coaches will pick what works for them. Mm. But um, then there are some selections where, like the the, the exclusion of a Kerwin Bosch, the exclusion of a of a Marcel Kutsia, people will be like, why was he picked? Why was he such a person picked? So the, the the essence of squad selection has never made this thing has never made people happy. But mm. that, that 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 that's what it is because it, it's clear that some um, Rasi Rasmus and Jacques Naba know exactly what they want. Um, they clear on, on on their plans. They haven't quite sidelined for particular people, but they feel that these players do the job. They also need to understand that a series like the British and Irish Lions um, does tend to come with uh, injury casualties. So coming with injury casualties, that means that um, guys will be injured, and when they are injured, there will be a replacement. And then when they are a replacement... Um, that also then will mean that guys that you may not have been initially selected could get into the squad. And I mean, look, I think the one, one of the biggest complications um, at this point in time would be the bio-bubbles. Not like where a series is conducted in normal circumstances where you can call up the players playing in PE to join the squad. You also have to be mindful of uh, players actually where they've been, who they've been so associating with to ensure that uh, you don't have an outbreak of the COVID-19 virus uh, mm. within the squad system. So, look, I mean, players may fall off the radar. Uh, some may play for South Africa and not get into the squad in particular. But I think the most important thing is just to see uh, how they fare through the provincial games, through the South Africa A games. And I think that will kind of inform whether Rusty and Jacques have actually made the right decision. Yeah, and I mean, earlier on I said, Haneke May, I beg your pardon, Rassi Erasmus was the name I meant to say. Now, 29 of the 30 Rugby World Cup winners uh, have been included there, and only eight unkept players, you know, in the 46-man squad. I mean, that is somehow pretty much the same team that Rassi Erasmus had in the World Cup. Look, I mean, in the absence of regular rugby, especially in the COVID-19 pandemic era that we live in, you sometimes have to pick what is available. Mm. Um, and it so happens that these are the particular players that are available to um, the coach in particular. So, I mean, it's not like this, um, it's not like there is super rugby to pick from, mm-hmm. um, the old super rugby that we used to play under. So, and I mean, it's also going to be rather difficult to judge uh, players based on what you see in the Rainbow Cup, uh, in the Curry Cup, in, and, uh, and the super rugby a lot because they are playing against each other. Mm. And they are not playing against other players. 
where you see now it, you know that you had a set of forwards who were playing against um, playing against, for example, the Crusaders. Where if the guys are playing against the Crusaders and they're playing regularly against the Crusaders, then you will realize that uh, guys will be upskilled. Um, and then with the guys being upskilled and understanding that these are the challenges that uh, the players are facing. I mean, look to, to make an example, it's going to be it's, it's, it's very difficult to judge how the New Zealand teams are playing against Australian teams because the analysts that can to ask the question because even the Crusaders know where they are now is that while they're dominating all the tests in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, they know full well that the real asset of their ability as a forward unit is up at the South African team because that is one strength that they never compromise on. So I think those are the kind of things, those are the kind of dynamics that I'm looking for Mr. Rugby Norman because you find that the tests could be workable but do not quite sure whether the backs are skilled enough with that transference of skills, see what the New Zealand team do, and try to actually work, find something that is working from the New Zealand team and actually make it work for the African team. So, look, it is, um, I think the, the only thing we can do is just see how, it's it, 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 it just to see how, how the team look up. And I think the one thing that you can actually say is that let's see how, the provincial games against the British and Irish Lions, because I think they'll give us a very big idea of how the South African team will actually play for the season. Mm. And then, in terms of the players that have been included there, uh, especially even the, the ones you know, the ones outside of the twenty-nine that won the World Cup, who are your surprise inclusions in the team? Uh, my surprise inclusions would be. Um, the new Nicolas Janssen van Rensburg is not a player that we've heard about, but um, it's clear that Rafi knows what he has and, and Jacques know what they have in that player. Um, Joseph Weber comes surprised in that we haven't quite seen or heard of him with regards to how he's been playing with Porto Pigley. But it's clear that, uh, and I mean, I did say on SAFM last night that um, maybe because I haven't seen a number of Porto matches being televised in the city to the top 14. But yeah. we've been watching a lot of Toulon, Toulouse, a lot of these big teams. We've been able to keep track of the year, Benetton, Amir Montpellier. So I think that particular team may not be, may not have seen it extensively to be able to charge a Joseph Dweber. Um, but clearly there's something that the research has been done with regards to how well he's playing and the coaches are confident enough to pick him. And mm. then I'm um, suddenly know Ahmed does come as a president, feeling that the healthy struggles with him breaking into the shop starting lineup because there are just some very good to come up at the shop. But it's clear that there is something that has impressed um, Jacques Inabani, Rassi Rassus. And I think the same would apply to Ayao Pena, where they've seen him play very well, and they are very happy to pick him. Mm. And then uh, any noticeable uh, omissions there for you? Um, initially, we thought that Izo Kopoka was a notable omission, but you were then informed that he's injured, which explained why a, which is why, which was explained why um, he was missing. Um, he was not part of the squad, uh, and then Kuni was picked. So I think that there weren't many exclusions where you'd be like, "Hey, uh, we are missing guys." Um, the number of guys who should not have been picked might have been picked. But I think he stood out as a as a, as a sore thumb with regards to his, him not being picked. But I think now the fact that they explained that he has been injured, I think that actually made it clear that it actually is actually not the not the not also the biggest deal. But now that they explain that he is injured, um, then it actually makes sense as to why he hasn't been picked. I think it's something that 
I think the Bulls should have explained early that there's a reason why Embiid has been picked. They haven't been picked. They haven't been in. I think that would have um, kind of removed a bit of the doubt that circles with regards to the questioning with regards to Embiid. They said, no, he hasn't been picked here because he's injured. I think then there won't be a lot of questions being asked about his availability. Mm. And then, I mean, what would you say when it comes to, you know, would you say that this is actually a new dawn for Jacques Ninaba and what will it take for him to make a success out of this team, just like Rassi Rasmus? Look, it's, it's difficult because, I mean, I mean, COVID-19, it's taken a lot of lives and taking a lot of lives it also um, took the ability for people to actually watch people play rugby, do a lot of things. Um, to make an example, like I look at the Nepalese Farsi, um, chances are if there wasn't any COVID, we would have been able to see him playing the national rugby at much at a much earlier stage. And I think if he got a full run last year and actually played very well, um, chances are we may not have been in a position to actually hear not not touch to say, but a we'd be in a position where they say no, we can actually dispense with uh, dispense with the Villa Rue because clearly there's someone who's been able to pull that breach. And I think it also would have made the coaches braver to make, not a hard decision to say, but be brave enough to say that, you know what, we've got um, a player that we can actually play well in Villarreal. But now that there hasn't been a lot of rugby to judge on, um, it's now actually finding a pro, uh, an adequate replacement based on its national form now becomes difficult. Mm-hmm. And then for you, you know, what would you say would make a good result for the Springboks against the British and Irish Lions and even Georgia? Um, Georgia has to be a straightforward 2-0 win. Um, but the British and Irish Lions series, I would say that it was 1-1 would be a fair reflection of um, the series. I say a fair, a fair reflection mm-hmm. in that um, there is, in Cape Town in particular, it's going to be a very difficult... Uh, that would be one test where I think uh, conditions will play a very big role in how the, the team has to be prepared for the game. Because um, if it rains in Cape Town in the, in, in the week leading up to the game, it will kind of be an equal, a level of both teams in that um, they'll have to prepare accordingly for the conditions. And also if it rains, it will mean that the game won't be as open to be a very tactical game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I think a close result or a draw, uh, a drawn game would be, if I can put it this way, it would mean the not the adequate levels would be expected results, but once the move, uh, once the team comes to high for the second and third years, those results will be very much results oriented because it may be pretty cold up here, but it's hard, it's dry. The conditions would allow for more running rugby to allow for more um, freedom of expression in the field, um, as compared to a wet Cape Town in July with the cold front and the northwest coming in um, affecting the conditions. Mm. And also to be the first test being played um, at the Cape Town Stadium, to make an example. So I'm not sure if there will be a player with the requisite um, intellectual capacity to judge how one should play at the Cape Town Stadium, which is around the board of the stadium. One doesn't know how the wind soars the stadium. One doesn't know how the pitch um, absorbs water, uh, what kind of quagmire the pitch will be. Um, if it's said uh, to, let's say, take in two or three days worth of rain, uh, worth of rain. So it's one of those variables where I say um, the Cape Town test um, will be very important in that I think the team that wins that the first test will most probably win the series because I think they will just have the momentum. So if the box win that first test, chances are it may be... Look, I mean, the British and Irish Lions 
did recover against New Zealand. They lost the first test, but they were able to win the second one and draw the third one. Hmm. But I think, with, especially in South Africa in particular, we know that South African teams, they're not the favourites. Uh, but because they are the favourites now, um, they're not the British and Irish stars on the favourites. They'll be a big one of pressure to prove um, whether they actually, they're actually as good a team as people think. If, if they don't um, put up a very good performance in the first test, they will know very well that the, the Springboks get an extra leg when they play on the high club. And um, also remember that the British Islanders will have a lot of time to play on the high club and that they'll be playing a number of tour games up here. So the acclimatizing won't be an issue for them. But acclimatizing in tour games and acclimatizing in a test match where the box are leading one or the box are trading one another will be two different things. Mm. And, you know, finally, they, can uh, you so is that, um, you know, when I walked into the studio today, very, very upbeat, getting ready to do the show. And then uh, the producer of the show, the esteemed Timmy Timaranda, came to me. And uh, he delivered some, some really shocking news, some sad, sad news that uh, former Mami Lodi Sundown spokesperson, a man I've interacted with for so many years, that he passed away this morning. And I know that you've also interacted with him. And these news have come as a shock, really, to you know, the sports fraternity in South Africa, and particularly football. What would you like to say? Look, um, you, you know, we, I think you understand that in our industry, sometimes we fight with the light of um, the media people. We, are all, we all work in the same industry. Mm. Uh, but I think it's fine sometimes that uh, because of the requirements of, of our job, sometimes um, we just have a few differences. Uh, but look, um, I don't think that I actually had it. We, I don't say that actually had a difference with Tulani. Uh, but look, we, it, it, it's a shock and listen. The last time I met him was um, pre-lockdown. I think it was a sundown game that we attended. I think it was actually the sundown uh, VET game, um, the Net Bank Cup game, where uh, we actually had a very good conversation. And look, I mean, um, <laughs> I know that Tulani and I, we had, not, I don't say it's a complex relationship, but we got along when we got along with, we had our arguments and our arguments, as, as all colleagues do. Mm. But I mean, look, I mean, it, 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 when, you, when you look at where Tulani's career trajectory was headed and the fact that he took his job very seriously, that's the one thing I'll always take away from um, Tulani is that he took his job seriously. And he would often get upset when people got in the way of him actually doing his job properly. Mm. Um, I Look, I, I remember a story where another story actually there was something that had happened at a sundown game where something was because the club management had upset him. He was you know when you see a fellow colleague upset by something that happened and you before you even hear the story you take your side because you 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 realize that even if they are a club leader officer, you regard them as a colleague because you're all working in a leader space. Yeah. And if there's something that upsets you, you get upset and let your have to be like, I will what made you angry at those situations? And even before you hear the other person's side of the story, you're already angry because you know at some point you have been down a particular path where someone has upset you. And then a, a, a person in your particular industry, you explain that story to them and they also get upset. Not because they've heard the other side of the story, because at some point they would have encountered that very same treatment that a particular colleague had gone through. So look, I mean, we were playing cricket this morning. There were a number of media colleagues that we were chilling with. And then the news folks did it. It was a shock. We had... I wouldn't call it a moment of silence, but we had just went through a moment where we just looked each other in the eye. We're like, like, and then one of our former colleagues, Zumali, was saying, but 
actually spoke to this guy yesterday, mm. and today is normal about how he's like. So, look, it's, it's, it's a shock. It's a shock, especially that we can never get used to it. We yeah. can never get used to a young life. You know? so I think the biggest shock is when we, we lose a, a, a young life, like a two lines. Mm. And I mean, when you go to it, to the feed, it spoke so warmly of um, clearly he, he had a bond with a number of the Sundowns guys. And one of his most recent tweets um, was about that um, they were Mocheka and, and Anele um, were spiritually part of the Sundowns podium um, when they lifted the trophy at, at Loftus first for this year. I mean, um, if you looked at Sundown's celebration of, of the first goal yesterday where Lila Kay, um ran towards the corner where there was a small camera that wasn't part of the cameras that were there at the game, but they took out commemorative T-shirts of Anele mm. Nonga and Mosheka Matisha. For them, those losses still matter. And I think this, this loss, I mean, I just saw on Twitter just now that even um, Al-Ali, who are, I won't say that they're rivals, but they're a team that Sundowns have been playing regularly over the past seven, eight years, and that's a club that would have interacted with Tulani regularly. I mean, even they offer their condolences. So, and I mean, I mean, I can, I don't even want to imagine how Pito Musaman is feeling right now because he had a very close bond um, with Tulani Tusa. So, look, uh, may the family of, of, of may, may, may the Tusa family be comforted um, in this um, in this time of pain. May he so rescue and I think may and our thoughts and our prayers are with the Tusa family at the moment. Well, well said, man. Thank you so, so much, Kanyiso. Uh, and yeah, definitely may his soul rest in peace. Uh, thank you, and uh, have a great afternoon. Hello, thanks very much, man. Thank you. That is Okanyiso uh, Talk with their Sports 24 senior reporter talking to us about the Springboks, uh, the squad selection there ahead of the British and Irish Lions series here in South Africa, and also touching a bit on the tragic loss of. Uh, Utulani Tuswa, the former Mamelodi Sundowns spokesperson, a very, very dear friend to me. And it was just really a shock uh, when I walked into the studio today and uh, those, those news were actually given to me. And I just had to pull myself towards myself to say, you know, there's a show to do, but it is so, so difficult. It is so, so hard. I mean, when it comes to Utulani, the last time I saw him, it was when he visited me at my private uh, residential, you know, a residence at my house with his daughter. And one of the things he came to do was to hand me the Akhli jersey. I'm so excited because I was also running now his own business. And we spoke at length, as we usually would, about uh, football and about the players and the stories, behind-the-scenes stories and all sorts. Always bubbly, always had a smile on his face, always very eager to talk about football. I remember even meeting him for the very first time because before he moved to Mamelodi Sundowns, he worked at Kaiser Chiefs and he was also, you know, a media officer there at Kaiser Chiefs and uh, just a friendly, friendly, friendly and professional soul that he, he was. And this loss is really, really big for South African football. Very, very big. Very charismatic man, you know, Tulani was. Loved by so, so many people chiefs and even sundown supporters and now also al-akhli as well sending their condolences to the tuswa family you know i i really hope that his family you know can get comforted in his in these very very hard times and uh yeah may his soul rest in peace you are listening to radio 2000 <laughs>